Peter chapter 1. I need some people that will worship the Lord with me today. As I preach today, I'm, I'm going to worship the Lord. As I preach today, I'm going to praise the Lord. Amen. I thank God for his goodness and his mercy. Amen. We're supposed to have two guest cards. I have Kalani's, but I don't have the other one. Where's the other guest card? Only one got filled out. Kalani, raise your hand so we can meet you. We thank God. Ariana had two guests with her today. Say again. You've been here before? Well, I don't remember your face. All right. Well, come back some more so I can remember your face. What's your name again? What is it? Jalen. Jalen and Kalani are guests of Ariana today. We welcome you to Christ Center Church. Let's give a hand to Jalen and Kalani. Thank you for being with us today. Amen. First Peter chapter 1. Listen, today's message, God worked me over with this thing. Oh, my goodness. Just broke me as he just began to show me things and minister to me. So the greatest thing about today is God ministered to me. I want him to minister to me again concerning this word. As I was putting it on paper, it was like the Lord ministering to me. It was like the Lord preaching to me, and I was just putting it down on paper. So I'm going to preach this a second time. God preached it to me, was preached in my head, and now I'm going to preach it to you. This is just something that's just, oh, my goodness. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 25, the scripture says, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed, that word redeemed, I mean purchase, redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. My goodness, the Bible is calling silver and gold corruptible things. And we're dying for silver and gold. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your soul in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass. And all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which, is, which by the gospel is preached unto you. Father, I pray that there will be a transitioning of each and every one of us from where we are into a place where you want us to be. I pray, Lord God, that we will respond from the depths of our soul to the word of God today. I pray that nothing will hinder us, Lord God, from receiving and responding to the word of God. 
I pray in the name of Jesus that the Spirit of the Lord will move among us today and that, Lord God, you will do a mighty work in each and every one of our lives. I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that something will happen in this place today. There will be a break in the spiritual realm that will cause us, Lord God, to be delivered, to be free, and to be able, Lord God, to move from where we are to where you want us to go. I pray in the name of Jesus that the gifts of the Spirit will operate and the Word of God will come about with clarity. Father, anoint me and use me as your oracle to minister the Word of God as you desire, as it would please you. I pray today your will be done that we will walk out of this place, Lord God, in a different mindset than the way we came in, Father, and that we will never be the same again, that we will not go backwards anymore, but we will go forward today because the Word of God was spoken into our hearing, and the Spirit of God has helped us today. Father, we praise you, thank you, and honor you, and we ask you these things in Jesus' holy name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today I want to minister to you on this topic, unlocking your potential. Unlocking your potential. Unlocking your potential. I want somebody to say, potential for what? Ask your neighbor, potential for what? Yes, I'm glad you asked. I believe that is a very important question that every one of us needs to answer. Potential for what? What, 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 do, what do we need potential for? Everyone that ever created anything knows exactly why they created it. I'm sure the person that created the refrigerator, I'm sure he knew exactly why he created the refrigerator. I'm sure the person that created light, I'm sure he knew exactly why he created light. And on and on we go, whatever we created, whatever we, we, we established or invented, we know exactly why we did it. Now I'm here to tell you, God is the king of kings of creation. Without him, there was nothing made. And the only thing that is made is what he made. We couldn't create if he didn't create us. So he's the king of creation. And so it brings me to the point of this. You don't think he had a reason or he had a purpose for why we're here? Us, sinful people. We're fallible. We have concerns and issues. We're not all knowing, but we know that when we create something, we know exactly why we create it. So don't you think God knows exactly why he allowed us to be born? He knows exactly why he allowed us to be born. And for each and every one of us that is here today, you're here because God allowed you to come through the birth process, through the womb to be here. He allowed you to get here. Amen. And so he didn't let you get here without understanding what your purpose is. And so we all today, under the sound of my voice, 
must know that we got here by the will of God and by the design for the purpose of God. It's a fact. We can't get around it. And so we need to find out we have potential for what person, for what purpose. We need to take a hard look today at what purpose God provided potential for us to do. For what? So many of us, we don't know what our real purpose is in Christ Jesus. Remember now, Christ created you. And if he created you, he's got purpose for you. And if he created you, he is responsible for you. Is it Henry Ford? Today, Ford cars are still on the road and we know why. We know who's responsible for bringing cars into existence. We know. We know why light is into existence today. We know who's the father of those creation. And God is the father, the king of us. And so he's got a purpose for us. But here's what happens a lot. Because we don't know the purpose for why God created us, we just do whatever we feel and whatever we desire and the things that are necessary. When we wake up, because we don't know why we're here, we just do what we feel. We just do what we desire or we do what is necessary to just live. So every day we wake up, that's just kind of how we live our life because we don't know our purpose. Because we don't know why God got us here. And if we got a little inkling, we're still not convinced of why God brought us into this world. And so we live our life regularly and we go about our ways and do whatever we want. But God put this verse of scripture in my mind where we, uh, we the people of God, we, we, we like to say, well, I don't know. Which way to go? I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know how I need to live my life and what should I be trying to accomplish. And God reminded me as he ministered to me all day yesterday. He says, I said it in my word that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so the scripture already tells us the way to go is following Jesus. But we still will live our life saying, What's my purpose? We still live our life. What should I do? We still live our life as well. I don't know. So I'll just do this. We still live our life by saying, guess what? I need to do this. I need to do this because if I don't, you know, I, I can't exist the way I need to. I can't live the life I want to live. And so I need to do this. And everything that we're doing, we're doing it. Just out of default almost, just out of necessity, just out of our desires and what we want. And Jesus said to us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so if we want to know our purpose, we need to take the way that Jesus says we need to take. We need to follow the way that he says we need to follow. Because if we will follow Jesus, then we will find out what our purpose is. Listen, when David was anointed, you know how long it took him before he sat on the throne as king? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
When God brought you out of the womb, when God brought Jeremiah out of the womb, listen, he knew you were coming out with a purpose, but you didn't walk in that purpose the day you came out of the womb. You had to deal with some troubles in life. You had to go through some trials and some situations and things had to happen in your life. But it didn't change the fact that God had a purpose for you. And it doesn't matter what you go through. If God has a purpose for you and you obey God, it is certain that you will meet that purpose someday. That's what God does. The purpose was established before you got here. And, and, and we are microwave people. We want stuff instantly. We are drive through people. We want things right away. And so because we come out the womb and we don't have it right away, all of a sudden, I don't know, cause I don't know. I gotta do what I gotta do. And God is saying, uh, I never did anything overnight uh, when it concerned my people. I had to develop them. Uh, that's why he talks about we are clay in the hand of God and he's the potter. It means he molds us uh, and shapes us and make us and prepare us for what he wants to do in our life. It won't happen overnight, but we must follow him in order to be prepared for what he wants to do in our life. We have to follow him. And follow him means sometimes you don't even want to go. I can't tell you. Somehow, you hear me say this, All the time. Somehow, when we see some people seem to be living for God the way some of us desire to live for God, somehow we think they have something extra that we don't have. When all you need to know is they feel just like you, but they made a different choice than you. Oh, we're going to fast in 21 days through Daniel fast. Who wants to do that? Let me eat whatever I want, whenever I want. Don't tell me how to eat. You all don't realize that we're thinking like that, some of us. Like, like, $2,000, $5,000, man, I'm barely making it. What you talking about? I can barely, what is he talking about? You think I got $2,500? Please. My point is, We're all in the same boat. And at the end of the day, what God's word said, some of us going to choose to do it and others will say, I just can't. And at the end of the day, the one that choose to follow, some good things will happen for them. And the one that says, I just can't, they will deal with some misery. But at the end of the day, we're all in the same boat. Nobody's different. You weren't born with something super spiritual in you that I wasn't born with. So you're able to to do better than me. That's not the way God works. We may have been born with different gifts and talents, but we're born the same way. And every one of us have the same things in us the way God created each and every one of us. I'm no different than you. You're no different than me. I just have to choose to follow God and you just have to choose to follow God. The people that decide that I don't want to follow God, then guess what? That's just the way it is. Potential. Potential. We have potential in us. We have potential provided for us. We need to figure out what it is that God wants to do in our life. 
I remember I was looking through my email the other day, Brother D. Listen to this, Brother D. I can talk to Brother D. Y'all listen to me and Brother D have this conversation. I was looking through my email the other day, right? And we've always made our tracks. We, you know, say experience of a lifetime, and we make these tracks. We're inviting people, and we say, you know, what you will experience, and we give free home Bible study. And we're going through all that stuff on the track, right? And then I looked at where we had service times, Brother D, on the track. It said we had service on Tuesday at 7.30 p.m., Thursday at 7.30 p.m., Sunday morning at 9 a.m., Sunday morning at 11 a.m., Sunday night at 6.30 p.m. I was um, doing evangelism training on Saturday, so I know you didn't hear me say Saturday. Well, I trained on Saturdays. Then we went out in the streets and passed out tracks and knocked on the door. Then I teach a Bible study probably on a Monday night, and seven days a week I was running. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. But what I'm saying is, I can't not do the little bit of church that people have nowadays. Churches cut down their service times. By the way, Sister Cheryl, Brother Micah be here on um, April the 9th. Evangelists like Micah and so many other evangelists. They used to be able to go to an area and minister the entire week. And for each church service they minister, they're given a love offering. And so for the week, they'll make something that they can support themselves with because they will preach somewhere Tuesday and Thursday and Friday, teach something Saturday and preach Sunday morning, Sunday night. They were able to uh, make a living through preaching the gospel because when they went into an area, they will have people churches invite them to preach here's the problem right now most churches is only doing service on wednesday and sunday morning when he comes into a district nobody's doing new additional service so when he comes in he preaches on a wednesday and he preaches on a sunday maybe somebody on sunday night and so whatever love offering he gets that's how he makes his living he's not working a secular job that's his job so So he is not making a good living right now because churches have cut down their service schedules. What's my point of telling you that? My point of telling you that is, if I used to go to church seven days a week, and we have church on on Thursday, and we have church, and we have pray on Saturday, and we have church on Sunday morning, man, that's a piece of cake for me. Bring it on. Bring it on. Because I'm going from seven days a week to three and that's not even really because prayer is prayer so i'm not even you know it's not even a service service we come in and we pray but my point is can i just tell you how can we put god to the side like we do and make it seem like coming to church on thursday and coming to church on saturday evening for prayer and coming to church sunday morning it's hard what am i missing I'm not comparing myself to you. I just know that we can't do God like that. God has a purpose for our life. And the only way we will recognize the purpose is keep following him. When David was anointed, he had to keep following. He was, a matter of fact, David followed a crooked leader for a long time just so he can obtain what God said he would have. Saul wasn't right. 
But David sat at the table with him. David protected him. David played instrument for him when he was, when he was just tormented with all kind of thoughts. David was there for him. God had anointed David, but David wasn't king yet. And he sat under a bad leader for a long time. But all he knew is, God anointed me for a purpose. And I can't abandon ship because the purpose will come to pass through following Christ. If we're going to find our purpose where every day we wake up, we have purpose. It's going to have to be following Christ. The Lord uses the church as the vehicle to exercise your purpose, to exercise your talents, to exercise your gifts. And so in order to ever accomplish what God says, you got to start at the bottom and work your way up. Listen, I want, in case you don't understand this, in the organization that we belong to, United Pentecostal Church and National, 18 years ago, nobody in the organization knew who I was. I was going to church seven days a week, doing a whole lot of stuff. And I started, God allowed me to be the evangelism team director, leader, and I started doing that. Nobody didn't know anything about me. I'm doing that for a while. I'm developing God, doing stuff. I had no idea what the purpose was, but what I was doing was following Christ. People would come to the church to minister, evangelist, pastors, and I would take them around, drive them in my car. I had to be um, um, a tour guide. When I go and pick you up from the airport, they want to know about Philadelphia. If I take them up from Newark, they want to know about Newark, and I got to be the tour guide. I'm just driving, doing my thing. But I kept following Jesus. That's a part of the plan. I can't say, I don't know who they think I am. I'm not picking nobody up. I'm not no tour guide. I could have said that. But I understand because I've read God's word that all kind of things will go on in your life as you're following him. We don't know what the future is. We just know I'm following Jesus. And you've heard me said many times that, you know, sometimes it looked like I was just a fool, but it was okay. I was following Jesus. And before you know it, time went by and... Became assistant pastor, associate pastor, working alongside with my pastor, helping out in different kind of ways. And then the day came where I started helping out on the district level. Not the local church anymore. I'm still doing local church. But the district now are churches in a particular area that makes up a district. So now I'm district, helping out in the district, helping out in the district, doing some stuff. Till one day I got the phone call and the email. We need you to serve on a national level. That means now you're going to be serving in a higher capacity. You're going to be serving through the organization, not just your local church, not just your district, but now we want you to serve in the organization, which means you can go any place in North America to help with whatever we need help with. Now, I didn't see that coming, but what I'm trying to tell you is what God had equipped me to do, it could only have happened if I kept following Jesus Christ. 
It, it could have only happened if I just kept on following him, understanding that where I am now is not where he intends for me to be, but I have to follow him. They, there are stories and lessons while you're following Christ. When you come to church and, and today, you know, some sister got on your nerve because she said something wrong. That's part of the journey. That's part of the story. Some brother didn't want to shake your hand and you come into church like, oh my goodness, what's wrong with these people? It's part of the journey. It's part of the story. Nobody don't appreciate me. It's part of the journey. It's part of the story because God has anointed you and got purpose in your life. And all of those things you must go through and overcome them so you can go to where God had originally created you to do. I can't get discouraged because things didn't work out. I can't dis- get discouraged because I don't feel like the word helped me today. At the end of the day, I'm serving God. I'm following him. And he is who I have my eyes on. Let's look at the scripture that we started out reading. First Peter 1 and 18 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed... That word redeem again, purchase. You were not purchased with corruptible things. Why do we need to be redeemed? What are we being redeemed from? This is what the Bible says. It's saying that we were not redeemed by corruptible things. Oh, we was redeemed, Lord? I didn't know that. What, what is the Bible talking about? Re, me and you, we were rede- redeemed from, from what? Here's what we were, redeemed, we were redeemed from. When we sinned, if we want to take it back to the garden, Adam and Eve, when we sinned, sin, the devil, and self became our slave master. Whatever... controls you that you can't overcome, it rules you. This is why we have alcoholics. This is why we have drug addicts. This is why we have all the different things that we have in our lives. It's because there's something in our life that is ruling us that we can't overcome on our own. And if that's the case in our life, it means that you have a master over you. So if it's chasing the money, money is your master. If it's chasing some kind of addiction, that addiction is your master. If it's, if it's, if it's your desires of what you want all the time, that your desires become your master. Whatever it is that's in your life that you can't kick by yourself and says, I am not doing that. If you can't do that and live your life without doing that, it is your master. So when we sinned, sin became our master. Satan became our master because he's the father of sin. And our desires became our master. So today we have masters ruling our life and we can believe it or not. But it's the truth. I told you when I wasn't in church. I drank six days out of the week sometimes. And on the seventh day I said, I'm not drinking today. And as soon as my boys come ringing the doorbell, they didn't even ring the doorbell. They, they know I lived in the basement of my mom's house, right? I had a basement set up. So they knew I lived in the basement. They didn't even ring the doorbell. They just went by the side of the house. Yo! 
That's all they did. Went by the side of the, you know, base of the house where the basement. Yeah! And I'm just getting up from the last night, you know, from how we were drinking. Let's get a case. All right, come on. But I had said to myself, I wasn't drinking. Drinking was my master. Whether I liked it or not, drinking was my slave master. It's just the way it was. And that's just one example. So many of us had slave masters. I'm not doing that anymore. Find yourself doing it. That's your master. So that's where we happen to be. Why we need to be delivered. Why we need to be redeemed. That's why that word purchase came into play. Because in order to get rid of your slave master, some other master had to purchase you. You couldn't get away from your slave master of drinking. You couldn't get away from your slave master of sexual promiscuity. You could not get away from your slave master of drugging and doing drugs. You couldn't get away from your slave master of money chasing. You could not get away from your slave master of your pride and your ego and your status. You couldn't get away from that slave master. That slave master ruled you. Because every time you try to do something different, that slave master said, no, you ain't. And you had to be controlled by that slave master. And if you had the power to overcome that slave master, you would have. Just like I said, I'm not drinking today. If I had the power to stop drinking, I would have. But I didn't have the power to stop drinking, so I said, let's go, let's drink. You got a slave master. And so at the end of the day, that's why the Lord needed to redeem us. And sometimes we might even think that I'm not really deeply involved in this. Yeah, but you can't stop doing it. Ah, this is, I don't do much of it. Yeah, but try stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't. I, I don't do much of it. It's not too bad. Yeah, but just try to stop. You can't. It's got you. And so you need a redeemer. You need to be redeemed. There needed to be a transaction to take place in order for you to overcome what you are bound by. This is what Jesus is talking about when the writer Paul says that we, we know that we were not redeemed with corruptible things. And it went on to say corruptible things like silver and gold. My Lord, silver and gold. Yeah. And so our sin, our desires, and the devil is controlling some places in our life. And there's no way to get from under that until we allow ourselves to be redeemed. A transaction must take place. When the word redeem, it, it means purchase. It means transaction. It means ransom. The slave must be purchased by another master in order to be redeemed from the master that was controlling them. All of us. God. Wants to redeem. 
There was no one that existed that was qualified or possessed anything valuable enough to redeem us. Because remember, we overlook this at times, unfortunately. The most valuable thing in this earth, under this earth, in heaven, aside from God, is us. Not gold, not silver, not diamond, not pearls, not big houses, not nice cars, not even Fort Knox. The most valuable thing that is in existence is a human life. So what can redeem, purchase a human life? There's nothing. Not silver, not gold. The Bible says the incorruptible blood of Jesus Christ. Why blood? Listen to me. This Bible... I mean, it's amazing. It's incredible. There's a scripture, I think it was, what is it, Leviticus 17:11, that says, the life of the flesh is in the blood. I read that years ago when I was teaching Bible study. Blood is what bring about life. Without blood... You ain't living. And God knew from the very beginning it was only blood that can ever bring about life. And so back in the day, they may have used an animal, but it was all temporary because it really wasn't qualified to remove your sins. But God allowed it for the purpose of that, because we're more valuable than animals. So why would animal blood be even qualified to remove our sins? But God allowed that concept stays the same concept stays the same god don't change methods change concept stays the same animal blood was being used to remove your sins but that's really not where he wanted to go but he had to keep the concept the same and so the animal blood was used back then, but he knew all along it was going to be his blood. He knew all along that we couldn't be free from our bondage and from our sin except for his blood. And he always knew that. And so when the fullness of time come, God sent forth his son made of a woman. It was almighty God himself who manifested as a man and gave his life because he was the only one that lived in this world without sin, without unrighteousness. And so his blood was the only blood that was qualified to deliver us, purchase us from our master that was ruling us. Now here's the story. He purchased us, but some of us says, but I'm good. He purchased, he paid the price for every one of us, but some of us have decided, I know you paid the price, but I've been living like this for so long, I'm good. I know I'm supposed to stop drinking, but, but I'm good. I, I start enjoying drinking so much that, eh, let me just keep drinking. I know 
you purchased me and you paid for me. But guess what? I just want to, I've gotten used to this life over here. And we don't realize how serious that is, that we've become accustomed and comfortable with the life of sin, that knowing that God had paid the price for us to leave sin, we still got so comfortable that we're staying over here and waving to God. Well, I know I want to come, but because God don't force you to do anything. God will not force you to come over. What he did was, I paid the ransom. I paid the ransom. Now, y'all, come on. Nothing can hold you if you come. I paid the ransom. Come on, my children, come on. I paid. Nothing can forcefully stop you from coming with me because I paid the price. Nothing can stop you. Come on with me. And some of us decide, go ahead, I'll catch up. That's what we're living at. That's where we are. I'll catch up with you, God. I know you're pal, but I, I just, just hold on. And you don't realize that you're playing with fire. Because, listen to me, the enemy know he can't really control you, but he will set as many traps as he can so you will destroy yourself. Remember I told you about that? That the enemy know he can't destroy you, but he knows I can make you destroy yourself. And by you staying here with me, by you just chilling with me and not going with your God that paid the price for you, I will set some traps and you will destroy yourself. That's, that's what's going on. So the devil can't destroy you because he don't have the power. The price has already been paid. The ransom has already been given. And all the devil can do is watch you walk away from him and say, bye-bye. He, all he can do is watch and say, grind his teeth. That's all he can do. But if you decide to stay, ain't nothing God can do. You will stay there and destroy yourself. He will set traps for you. He will make you think that you're enjoying yourself. He will tell you, man, that's too much to live for God. That's, go to, what, go to church three times? That's too much. Man, get out of here with that. I can't be doing all that. In the meantime, the devil just cooking up some stuff to get you to stay right there to keep on destroying yourself. Cooking up some stuff to just get you to destroy yourself. And before you know it, you in a whole lot of heap of trouble that you just yourself won't, you, you will just give up on. Because I will tell you this, God's hand is always like this. But sometimes you realize how badly you have failed him that you, got, you get so embarrassed. You, you, you get so, so, so frustrated with yourself that you know you have done so much wrong and you don't think you deserve for God's hand to be stretched out to you and you deny God's hand. You still don't hold on to his hand because your sin has put guilt on you. Your sin has caused you to feel terrible when you're not reaching out for God's hand and you destroy yourself because you allowed your pride, you allow your, 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 your comfortability with sin, you, you allow all of what you've done to make you feel guilty that, yeah, I'm good. And you're watching it. And I know that to be true. We've always heard the story about the guy that was in the hospital because he had cancer. And so he's in the hospital, cancer all over his body. He was going to die. And, 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 and they said to him, well, what do you want to eat? What do you want to do for your last meal before you die? And he said, just bring me another cigarette. 
He's already reserved the fact that I'm going to die. This cigarette is what's killing me. And you know what? Since it's killing me, I might as well just keep on taking it till it just destroyed me. That's what some of us has really done. I know I'm going to die in my sin. I know I may, may be going to hell. I'm just going to keep on doing my thing and hell, here I come. And you have no idea what hell is all about. Because hell wasn't made for human beings. Hell was made for demons that rebelled against God. But we said, ah, I messed up too bad. Unlocking your potentials. Probably saying, what does this have to do with unlocking my potential, preacher? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Listen to this. This is very important for you to hear. Silver and gold usually constitute the price or the valuable consideration paid for the redemption of captives. It is clear that the obligation of the one who is redeemed to love his benefactor in proportion to the price which is paid for him or her. So let me make that clear for you. The idea here is that a price far more valuable than any amount of silver or gold had been paid for the redemption of God's people. And that they are under obligation to devote themselves to his service. Let me make it clear then. Your sin, the devil, and your desire or desires was your slave master. They owned you. Owned you. You couldn't stop doing what they made you do. And Christ gave his life, shed his blood, that they no longer can own you. Now, if they own you, they're your master. But if you change masters, the master that paid the price for you is supposed to do the same. The master that did the same for you, but this master loves you now. See, see, your desires and the devil and your sin don't love you. Don't care nothing about you. Just want to use you up. Till they can't use you up no more. But this master that purchased you with his precious blood loves you, care about you, want the best for you, and you don't want to be no slave to him. You think everything is too hard. But when you were with the other masters, they destroyed you. This master wants to love you, and you don't want to listen to him. Oh, God. Oh, Father, help us today that we're not ignorant. Help us today, Almighty God, that we will realize that you purchased us from the master that controlled us. And now we got to let you rule and be master in our lives. Oh, hallelujah. How can we, how, how can we understand how can how can we, we we need to figure out how to get that together because our sin because our desires because the devil was controlling us and ruling us and we allow the devil to control us and we allow the devil to rule us and we allow our sin to rule us and we allow our desires to rule us and now God has purchased us with his blood and say come on and we want to go with him and says but you can't rule me you can't be mad 
plaster over me and he's looking like, are you kidding me? You let your sin, you let your desires, you let all of that stuff rule you and now I, your God that created you, that purchased you, I can't rule you? This is what God worked me over with this whole weekend. Had me quiet. I couldn't talk. I didn't want to talk. Because that's what he, that's the burden. That's what he put on me. Like, you, you kidding me? You kidding me that I purchased you from all of that control and destruction and, and you need to come with me and I'm going to care for you and I'm going to love you and I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to make sure you're good, but you don't want to listen to me. You don't want to be a master. You don't want to be a slave to me. You just want to just come with me and only want my benefits. But when you was with the other masters, you do whatever they told you. You did whatever they told you. You did whatever they made you. They, they made you do this. And you just kept on going with it like it was no big deal. And now you come with me, the old loving God, and you give me a hard time about what I'm asking you to do? Oh, God help us. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We're making up these excuses. We're, 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 we're dealing with God. He's on the outside of our circle. And our circle is what's going on with us. And we just in the circle doing whatever we want. Every once in a while we let him in. And he says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. And I'm the life. And you trying to operate without me? You're trying to make me second fiddle? You're trying to tell me I can't have that kind of control in your life when your sins and the devil and your desires was just running you, running amok in your life? Listen, God knows every single thing that happens to you. God knows every single thing you've gone through. God knows every single thing you've done wrong. He knows them. So you can think that he doesn't know, but he knows them. I don't know how we're going to stand before him and reconcile that when he knows every single thing that how you are being controlled and now he's calling you to a side where he can deliver you, where he can love you, where he can take care of you and you're just giving him a hard time. I can't go to church today. I can't live today. I can't read my Bible today. I can't pray today. I can't worship today. I can't give my life today. Oh, God is saying, are you kidding me? I'm trying to rescue you. I'm trying to deliver you. I'm trying to save you. And you're telling me you can't do what I want you to do. God help us today. God help us today because that's what we're dealing with. He he purchased us. We change masters. We change masters. Oh, somebody, we change masters. He gave his life. He gave his blood, his precious blood, that we don't have to be under the control of all that's controlling us. Help us today, God. Help us today, God. Will somebody let this change their life? Will somebody let this change their direction today? Will somebody let this move so strongly in their life that they will allow God to be in their life? They will allow God to have the preeminence and the control and the force in their life because they realize that I need to give God everything that I can. At this present time, the church that he has you in, we only meet on Thursday, on Saturdays, and on Sundays. That's all he's asking you. He's saying, I put you in that place because I know exactly what you need. That's why I put you there. If I wanted you to be in a church that go to church seven days a week, I will put you there. If I wanted you to be in a church that go one time a week, I will put you there. I'm not putting you somewhere and then say, oh, don't do everything. 
I thought about Brother Scarlett this week. And Brother Scarlett has his own business. He drives all the time. He's all over the place. But he don't miss anything. Brother Scarlett is no different from me and you. God didn't give him something that he didn't give you. Brother Scarlett will come to prayer in his uniform. He will come to Bible study sometimes in his uniform because Jesus is the center. And he work around everything else. And he knows as I'm going today to go about my work day, I just know where I need to be at on Thursday. As I go about my work days, I know where I just need to be at on Saturdays. And, uh, and, and he never fails to do what, 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 what God puts in him to do. He'll take some, if he get a little bit of space, you know, and he knows the church needs something. He goes to Sam Ash. He go down to Guitar Center. And, and his little bit of space of time that he has, he's talking to them. Yeah, how about this? What's wrong with us? First Peter 1 and 23. I'm getting ready to close. It says, being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Let me finish up this and let you know this. God wants you to reach your potential. God created you to reach your potential. He really did. I just had to let you know before I get to this part to let you know that we don't have the right to decide or to determine what we should or shouldn't do. So now let's go and achieve our potential. Let's go and achieve what God created us to achieve because God has prepared our potential. And so he says that we were born again. Listen to this. We were purchased by his precious blood. We were born again. By the incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. <laughs> we were purchased by his blood. You, you see what I just showed you? Okay, I'll take my time and explain it because I don't want to lose you today. So, we established that he gave his blood for all of us to be free from sin. That sin no longer will be our master. But that's our choice if we stay under the bondage or we go with him. But it don't stop there. If we decide to walk away from what control us, the master that is ruling over us, the sin and all. If we decide, okay, he purchased us. Let's go and get out, get away from that. Then he says, when you come over here, now I need you to be born again. So there's so many people that. That, that they, they think that confess with your mouth and believe in your heart is the process. But I'm here to tell you today that all he did, all you're doing when you confess with your mouth is acknowledging that he had purchased you with the precious blood. And you have the right and the ability to walk away from what controls you. That's all you got right there. But when you come with him, he says, now that you're here, he did it in the natural I wish I could, I wish you would see this word. He did it with the children of Israel. He delivered them. Then when they came over on the other side, he says, now, here is my way that you need to live. 
don't change. That's why the Bible says God changed not. The methods may change, but he's constantly doing the same thing. Deliverance, now come live the new life. Deliverance, now come live the right life. That's so, so, so the blood gives you the ability to, to, to come away from where you were. And born again gives you the new life to live the way he wants you to live. We need both in order to live for God and to please God. Being purchased by the blood, his blood, it gives us the ability to come away from sin that we otherwise couldn't do. Knowing that we have been purchased by his precious blood, we're obligated to obey his instructions. He is now the new master, which means he is to rule our thoughts, our desires, in our ways, we won't give that to God. The new master says we must be born again. There's a process to be born again, spiritually, as it is in the natural. Let me show you how bad this word of God is. Before I go any further, let me tell you this. God is really strongly impressing this in my heart. So let me tell you what he's impressed in my heart for you. If you want to understand God's, God more, if you want to learn more about him, start to pay more attention to the natural things of this life. Because he purposely set things up that way. He knew we, weren't, we, we were not going to understand a lot of spiritual things if he just tried to explain it to us. So he made sure... And you're a genius, God. <laughs> he made sure every spiritual way of doing things had a natural connotation. I'll go another step further. This is why God, who is spirit, became natural, who is man. <laughs> he knows that we have a hard time understanding and grasping things. Just from the spiritual. And so he shows us things in the natural. So he says, I'm God. No man has seen God, which is a spirit. But if I keep it going that way, first of all, you need, my, you need me because I got to become human with a sinless blood and all that stuff. We know all that. But secondly, you needed to see something. You've been hearing about me and you see that I've done great things. But I know you all. I created you. You need to see something. So I got to let you see who I am. The Old Testament people never saw who I am. But I'm going to let y'all see who I am so you can get a better understanding, a better grasp on who I am, my identity, and how I live, and how I want you to live. Here's another thing you're getting ready to show us, natural and spiritual. And we're going to close here. In order... For seed to be planted and grow and produce fruit, it must die. Yeah, you're going to like this, Brother Tom. And so John 12, 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth 
much fruit. Mm. We must first die. Always remember, death is repentance. Death is repentance. So when you go to God, repentance means, Father, in the name of Jesus, the life that I've been living, the way that I am, I surrender it to you now. And I ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to forgive me for the way I've lived. It was ungodly. It was unrighteous. The things that I did was not pleasing to you, Lord. And so I lay it down here today at your feet. And I ask that you be merciful and that you will forgive me of this sin that I've committed. All these sins that I've committed. The lifestyle that I've been living. I ask you to please forgive me of this lifestyle and sin that I've been living. And God, as I raise up from here and I move on, I leave that life behind and I look to you and look forward and live in a righteous and holy life and I look to you Lord God and I leave what you're saying is I'm done with that that's what repentance is so that means you died to something you died saying I'm done with that that's what repentance I'm done with that and so you died ah. so repentance in order to be born again, seed must uh, seed re- represents a human as a human and as a seed. We must die in order to be born again and to produce fruit. Let me move on because I'm finishing up. Seeds are their own. Come on, Tom. Seeds are their own energy source. A plant in embryo form. So a seed is a plant. It might not be big, but it's an embryo just like a baby inside of a woman in gestation. It's an embryo. That's what a seed is. And so it is an embryo form. Listen to this real good. They store energy in a form that is released and used only when water, oxygen, soil, and a close to ideal temperature are part of their surroundings. Oh, God of mercy. I'm telling you how God worked me over this weekend. So, so, the seed, listen to it again. The seed is the embryo of a plant. In order for that seed to produce fruit, these things must happen. It got to go in the soil. It got to be watered. Oxygen got to go to it. Come on, Tom. Then the atmosphere must be ideal for it to start growing. The seed. Is the word of God. And you want to know why we're not reaching our potential. Because the seed must go into the right kind of soil. The seed has to be watered. The seed needs oxygen. The seed needs the right climate for it to grow and produce fruit. Uh, 
Oh God, help us today. We come to church. We hear the word. But no fruit. Nothing is happening. And God wants us to know today. We got to take care of the soil. Which is you. You are the soil. You are the soil. You got to make sure the soil is right. And when the soil is right, then guess what? It got to be watered. It got to be watered. So you got to come to church and, and, and it got to be watered. Okay. And, and, and the sort of preaching of the word got to take place. Oh, the oxygen, the Holy Ghost got to be interplay. The Holy Ghost got to be right. And guess what? The church is the atmosphere. Do we come to church and worship God? Do we come to church and praise God? Do we come to church and let Him know how much we love Him and appreciate Him? Do we come to church and shout unto God? Do we come to church and sing and run and dance and worship and praise? Do we come to church and let God know how much we love Him and create an atmosphere for the seed to grow and become a tree and produce fruit. You didn't think the atmosphere was that important. God don't change. The methods might be a little different. But the same God. The concept is still the same. And just how the seed need to grow. It's the same way the word of God has to grow in our life. And brother Luke, if we're going to meet our potential, if we're going to be able to find out what God created us to do, some of us God created to be Sunday school teachers. Some of us God created to be evangelists. Some of us God created us to go to foreign country and preach the gospel, open up schools, Bible schools. Some of us God created to be musicians. Some of us God created to be prayer warriors, intercessory prayer warriors. Some of us God created to be one that will will help others. The ministry of helps. Some of us God created to do all different kind of things and God is trying to cultivate it and God is trying to get you there and God is trying to move you there but you need to realize you need the Holy Ghost. You need the word of God. You need the right atmosphere. You need God to cultivate that thing inside of you. The word of God is the potential to what can happen in your life. There is nothing that God will withhold from you that He calls you to do. It's the Word of God. And you got to let the Word of God grow. If we're going to unlock our potential in God, we got to go back to the seed. The Word of God. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we got to check our soil. You see, when the word of God and the soil become one, you see, the seed gets planted in the soil and stuff starts happening. If the soil is right, stuff start happening because now the oxygen that's inside the shell of the seed. I didn't know anything about shell being outside of the seed on the inside. But when you look, there is a seed on the inside and the shell on the outside. The shell is protecting the energy that's inside of the seed. The word of God has energy. The word of God has power. Oh God, the word of God can do the miraculous. The word of God will do exceeding and abundant. The word of God will deliver. The word of God will set free. The word of God will build up. The word of God will do the unbelievable. The word of God will create miracles. The word of God will do what God says it will do. Oh, help us, Lord. Oh, God, help us uh, that we will realize, Almighty God, uh, your word is true. uh, Your word is true. uh, And if we will just let it stand to your feet today. Oh, God. Oh, God. We can't belittle this word. Oh, if somebody will go before the Lord today and prepare your soil. You want the Word of God to become one with you. And when the Word of God become one with you, guess what? Oxygen will begin to explode. Guess what? The Word of God that is being preached when you come to church is the water that goes into the soil. And when the Holy Ghost moves on us and be poured out upon us. Then we begin to see the oxygen that the the seed needs to grow. And then when we worship God, when we praise God, when we lift up His name, when we give Him honor, when we give Him the glory, the atmosphere becomes something where the seed can grow and become a plant and become a flower and begin to produce like God said it would. Will somebody just worship the Lord today? Will somebody allow God to speak to their heart? Will somebody turn their mind towards God? Will somebody turn their head, their heart towards heaven? Will somebody begin to cry out? Will somebody begin to seek God? Will somebody understand that I can no longer be where I am? Oh God, I can't be dormant. Oh God, I can't be stagnated. You call me to the kingdom for a purpose. You call me to the kingdom for such a time as this. And God I need for the seed which is the word of God to get into my soil and to begin to grow oh God of heaven I can't stay in a place of frustration anymore I'm not just here to hear the word because you've got a purpose for me you've chosen me and allowed me to be born because you've got purpose for me oh God 
Oh God, somebody, you don't know what your purpose is in God. And you're just doing what you feel. You're just doing what you think. You're just doing what you, what is necessary. But all I can tell you is this. God says, will you just trust Him? Will you just obey Him? Because what He has in store for you will blow your mind. What He has chosen you to do will do what you could not do. What He wants you to do is amazing and miraculous. But he says, you got to follow me. you got to come after me. You've got to seek me. You've got to do what I tell you to do. You've got to do what the church of the living God is directing you to do. Oh, God, help us today. Oh, my God, help us today. God, let none of us walk out of here today the same way. But I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that the power of God will destroy every yoke of bondage. That the power of God will break up every foul ground. That the power of God will remove every curse that's upon our life. And that every one of us, Lord God, will respond to you as you have purchased. You have given your blood ransom for us, Lord God. And so today I pray that every person in this room will leave this place knowing assuredly that God, you have delivered them. You have done what it takes for them to come away from their slave masters. And now they can surrender to you. And now they can submit to you. And now all they need to do is prepare their soil. All they need to do now is allow your spirit to infuse them. All they need to do now is allow the word of God to keep flowing and keep coming. All they need to do is cultivate an atmosphere that's conducive for growth in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God, have your way today. Jesus, we only want you. We only want you. We only want your word. We only want your will. Somebody just take a couple minutes and just tell the Lord. You only want his will. You only want his purpose. Don't look at all of this as being hard. Don't look at it as being tough because when sin had the control over you, there is nothing worse than that. When sin has control, when the devil has control, when your desires keep leading you from destruction to destruction, from wrong to wrong, that is what's hard. That is what's difficult. But when God begins to lead you, He leads you to a place of peace. He leads you to a place of comfort. He leads you in a place of deliverance. He leads you in a place of growth and bearing fruit. Not just fruit, but much fruit. Father, Father, have your way. Father, have your way. Oh, God, we love you. We love you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands towards heaven right before we leave this place today. Let's lift our hands to heaven and just begin to surrender to God and say yes to his will and yes to his ways. Surrender your life completely. Let nothing hold you back. Let nothing stop you. Let nothing hinder you. Let nothing disrupt what God is doing in your life. Just say, God, all that I am and all that I will be. It's all in you. It's all of you. I can be nothing except I trust you and obey you. I can accomplish nothing except I allow the word of God, the seed, to do just what you said it will do.
Father, have your way today. Father, have your way today. I pray that change will come into the lives of each and every one of us today, Lord God. That change will come into the lives of every one of us, Lord God. That change will come into the lives of every one of us. And we will never be the same again, Lord God. And we will never make excuses anymore, Lord God. But we will trust you, Lord God. We will allow you to do what you say you will do. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for deliverance today by the power of the Word of God. The power of the name of Jesus and the authority of the Word. Lord, deliver him. Set him free and empower him with your Word in the name of Jesus. Tell us that they're the best of the world.